everyone. I'm Alexa. And I'm Catherine. And we're the girls behind Tickets, Please. And on today's episode, we're talking about Christmas vacation. watched it for the first time around the same time right wasn't yours pretty recently like last year or the year before maybe that's yeah. when i did it i i'm pretty sure we watched it in the same christmas season it's so weird it is weird that both of us somehow escaped it through most of our lives even being that we both only saw this a couple of years ago it feels like i've known it my whole life have you ever seen any of the other vacation Please. movies when i was a kid i watched vegas vacation a hundred times. Really? See, I have never seen it. The only one I've ever seen, I don't even know which one it is. Maybe it's the first one. The only one I've ever seen part of is the one where their grandma dies in the car. I don't, I don't know. I don't even know which one it is, but I've seen just that part. There's only one prior to this or there are a bunch before va- Christmas vacation. There's European vacation. I yeah. don't know if there are any other ones. <laughs> Even having seen Vegas a hundred times, the only thing I really remember is Wayne Newton and how I thought Ethan Embry was so, so cute. And I stand by that. (laughs) And I think Juliette Lewis wasn't in it. It was a different girl playing the sister. I wonder if there was a conflict in her schedule or she was just too huge by then. But no, these movies were really big. And she was, I feel like this is a little before she was huge, right? Because she seemed younger than Vegas was in like the mid 90s, I think. Oh, okay. So then maybe she was. One thing I realized really quickly that I don't think we talked about when this came up last time is that it takes place in the Chicago suburbs. And I am like, (laughs) I actually looked it up. How many Christmas movies take place? It's got to be almost every single one. There, I found a list of a dozen of them. I know Home Alone and Christmas with the Cranks that we already mentioned. Uh, While You Were Sleeping. Fred Claus. Oh my God, yes. A Bad Mom's Christmas. Have you seen that? With Mila Kunis and Kristen Bell? Uh, no, I, I saw Bad Moms, but I haven't seen the Christmas Okay. <laughs> Even the holiday. Oh my God. Which I, if you Horrendous. had asked me where that took place, I wouldn't have even guessed it was Chicago. I thought I it was California, sense. to be honest with you. I don't remember them being outside. But then again, so much of that takes place not at Christmas time. So. Oh, oh, the holiday. Okay. I was thinking of a different movie. I was thinking of Happiest Season. Oh, oh, got it. Yeah, no, that one, holiday, I don't know where that one The is. holiday wa- was that hard. The holiday Emma was the Roberts one I couldn't bear one. watching. Yes. And you, you, t- <laughs> you like fully said, I will sacrifice myself and watch it for us. <laughs> I think a lot of people liked it, but I just couldn't. Truly was so horrendous. So, and there are a whole bunch more, many of them I haven't heard of, but oh, The Christmas Chronicles is on there too, which I think oh, you haven't seen and you've got to watch. It's so cute. That's really weird because you, I personally don't think of Chicago when it comes to Christmas. You think of New York. I, you would think if they're going to do like a, a city thing, but then again, I guess these are not taking place in the city. They're si- They're taking place in the suburb outside of it. And so I guess they just think it has the right feel because if they were doing like a New York suburb, it would feel different. I think Chicago, especially in that period of time, was a very every man's kind of place. Mm, okay. Although, I mean, for for a very specific audience. <laughs> but it wasn't filmed in Chicago. It was filmed in Colorado. I don't know why they didn't just set it in Colorado. The opening scene when they're in that old station wagon 
and Ellen is in that amazing jacket. And then they get out of the car to walk to get the tree. And she's wearing those earmuffs. Like, I just, I want to live in that moment. Not not the part where they get stuck under the truck. It's horrifying. I, but the road trip vibe and cutting down the tree and stuff is so good. I forgot how quickly the, like, stressful hijink stuff starts. It's like you five. that. I really do. So I, I was really <laughs> thinking about this as I was watching it. because. When I first saw it, it didn't make a great impression. So I was really trying to this time be more like open-minded about liking it so that I didn't cement my opinion that I didn't like it that much. And I did enjoy it more because I knew fully what I was getting myself into. But what I realized is that all Christmas movies have two aspects, hijinks and heartwarming. And they have to have a balance. And this one feels to me a little off balance. It leans too far into hijinks and doesn't have enough heartwarming to anchor it for me as like a a Christmas classic that I want to watch all the time for comfort. There are parts that definitely are, but like Home Alone has the perfect balance because there's the hijinks from them, the whole thing in the house, but they have so much stuff with the family and the neighbor and all that stuff kind of grounds it in a more like cozy Christmas vibe than the just craziness comedy aspect. Yeah, I agree. Some of it is funny. The thing with the squirrel is so ridiculous. Yeah. I think the stuff with the lights is the perfect tone of what I wish the whole thing would have felt like. Completely agree. And my favorite comedy part is The Neighbors. Obviously, JLD. And like, I mean, she has to be the shining star, in my opinion. But the neighbor stuff is perfectly hysterical because the fact that they just keep getting as bad as it's going over at the Griswolds, like they're having a worse time because they just keep (laughs) being inundated with the chaos that's wafting from their home into theirs. And they just, it's all shock to them, the screaming. She has one of my favorite lines through the whole thing when when the icicle goes through their window and ruins their stereo and they're trying to figure it out but the icicle has melted and so they can't figure out what it is that's crashed the stereo and she goes and why is the carpet all wet Todd <laughs> Todd, I love it so much and doesn't he say I don't know Margo I also love toward the end when she's laying on the couch with the washcloth on her head <laughs> and the, the SWAT team is pounding on the door and she's like, Go away, Todd. If you want to come in, you are going to have to break down the goddamn door. Here comes Santa Claus. Oh my God, they are so classic. The outfit she's wearing when she goes over to confront them and then gets attacked by the squirrel, forget it. Her hair looks amazing. Perfect. And she has those iconic 90s um, black, small, round glasses. I was just going to bring that up. Yeah. Although I do have one question about their whole Mm storyline. Why are they living there? (laughs) They seem like chic city folk yes, why are they, they would living be in a high rise yes because they're they're the inside of their house looks like a high rise like every room looks like it's supposed to be an apartment but it's a suburban home that they're living <laughs> next so i looked it up and this came out the same year as the first season of seinfeld really they've really glammed her up then because that's very surprising because in the beginning of Seinfeld, Elaine is much more, her hair is not as done. She's a little, I don't want to say frumpy because that's so 
such a bad connotation, but whatever the a better word is for that. And then they polish her more as the seasons go on. And this definitely seemed like a later season Elaine. So they really glammed her up. <laughs> or maybe they glammed her down for the beginning of Seinfeld. True. They they probably couldn't figure out because she's not in the, the first season of Seinfeld. She's not in every episode, so they probably couldn't figure out exactly how they wanted to fit her in. Like, if she was going to want to be a pop-in, or was she going to be a staple? Another thing I thought about was actually what a dirtbag Clark really is. That whole scene in the department store with that saleswoman. Yeah. I get it. Uh huh. And if it came down to it, he probably wouldn't have cheated on his wife. But he's just so like. Ugh. I think that I think that, that was just more of like this time they could not have a man not have this like gross side to him. No. Every no. man is like this in any movie. Because I actually found myself really feeling so bad for him through so much of it. His family is just when in the beginning when he's talking to Ellen about how like she doesn't want them to stay, and he's like, No, they have to stay. Like we this is Christmas and they have to stay with us. That's like the the dream. I think you're forgetting how difficult it's gonna be having everybody in the house at the same time. Honey, they're family, they're not strangers off the street. I don't know, Sparky. I just have this feeling Ellen, that it's not gonna... I want to have Christmas here in our house. It means a lot to me. All my life I've wanted to have a big family Christmas. Mm-hmm. It's so upsetting that all so much of his family through so much of it is just like working against him and everything he tries to do, they're just like lackluster. Except I did notice that his kids are pretty cute towards him. Sometimes they grow tired of his antics but a lot of times they're like oh no come on dad it looks good and they're being very encouraging but i just wish his extended family they're just so mean to him that i feel so bad because all he wants his whole dream through the whole thing is to just put a pool in his backyard (laughs) for his family it's like so wholesome and i love that he carries a picture of it in his coat when his co-worker is talking to him about the bonus and he whips out that magazine picture with what the pool he's gonna put in I just think it's so sweet and endearing that he's got it in his coat pocket because he's so excited. And then later he has that little model in his office. I felt sorry for him. That's such a generous interpretation of him because I thought he was carrying the picture around to like show sort off. of brag. Yeah, mm. like show off when he got the opportunity. <laughs> I don't know. But, I was, I mean, it I was, seems like he works hard at his job. So it does seem you know, like he works hard at his job. That co-worker of his? Yeah. Has never played a guy who's not that. Seriously, I actually forgot for a second if he was his boss. I, I couldn't remember who his boss was. And all I could think of seeing him was how he's Chandler's boss in, yes. in, in Friends. And he has that fake, that with the fake laugh where he's like, boss, boss man, bing. And where he can't <laughs> stop smacking Chandler's butt. Yes. He's like, good one, bing. <laughs> <laughs> It's crazy how many lines from this I knew before I had even seen it. Really? Like what? Because I actually was Googling to see what the famous quotes were from it because I none of them really stood out to me as like, oh, that's from this. I only wrote down one interaction, but there are a ton of them mm-hmm. that I noticed. I Now I wish I'd written down more, but <laughs> when Ellen says, Clark, do you think there's enough room for the angel? And he, <laughs> and I love how he says, oh, sure, honey. It's very clear there's not. <laughs> and then right after that, one of the most iconic lines is when he says, looks great. Little full, a lot of sap. 
And then I love the scene right after that where they're laying in bed and he's can't turn the magazine. Yeah, pages because he's got his sap all over. Sticky. It made me feel so nostalgic for the days when where people would read newspapers or magazines in bed. That is cute. Now we're just on TikTok. Oh god, it's so disgusting to think about. I hate all of us. For real. I love when he brings everybody out to see the lights before he can get them working. The way, the endearing way that he's talking to his dad, where his dad's like, you have to check every single bulb. And he's like, I did, dad. Like, I checked every bulb. It's just so cute the way he talks to his father and the conversation, of course, they have at the end. But he, he's so sweet to him. And he's like, it's probably a bad bulb, son. You know, if one goes out, the whole thing doesn't work. Now, if I were you, I personally check each one. I did that, Dad. I can't. Well, look, if you need any help, uh, give me a holler. I'll be upstairs to sleep. It was a good try. Thanks, Russ. Russ? Yeah. We checked every bowl, didn't we? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure of it. And you can tell how difficult it is for him to impress his dad yeah and how badly he wants to do it like he's probably been trying his whole life to impress him yeah and when those lights finally come on the (laughs) the pure he cries it's so cute and sweet the look (laughs) on his face when he's screaming for everyone to come out it is hysterical though that it's he thinks it's him that's that's made them work and it was the wife it was like classic <laughs> 90s <laughs> you know the women are doing all the work and the men take the credit <laughs> that black sweater she wears with all the little red detailing on it <sighs> i was thinking about so many famous movie christmas sweaters like oh you haven't seen bridget jones's diary I have not. I didn't know it was set at Christmas time. Yeah. There's amazing Christmas sweaters in that one. There's so many iconic ones. And um, Kevin's in Home Alone. KJP, Heel James Patrick, makes that sweater. Really? Yeah. It's called the McAllister. I always want to get it, but I talk myself out of it every year. I don't know why. It's incredibly tempting. Did you recognize Mr. Shirley, his boss, who that is? So... I knew that I recognized him from somewhere Uh and it was so deeply embedded that I'm like, how can I not think about who this is? Uh And then when I looked him up, I was like, oh, obviously. Yeah. He's Bill Murray's brother and he's in Groundhog Day. Yes, he's the mayor. And I guess a million other things. Yeah. Yeah. I thought the same thing. When I was looking up facts, I saw that they were like, oh, Mr. Shirley is played by Brian Doyle Murray, Bill Murray's brother. I'm like, oh, duh. He looks exactly like bill murray <laughs> and he talks like him and of course he was in groundhog day the scene where clark flips out and calls his boss all those names and i want to look him straight in the eye and i want to tell him what a cheap lying no good rotten four flushing low life snake licking dirt eating inbred overstuffed ignorant blood sucking dog kissing brainless dickless hopeless heartless fat ass bug-eyed stiff-legged spotty lip worm-headed sack of monkey shit he is Hallelujah! He was reading them off of cue cards that the the actors were holding. That's why they blocked it in that weird way where, like, the camera at first is is behind them. 
like you could see the family and him it's because they he was reading them off and i had read that before i got to that scene and when you watch it it's clear as day that he's reading he doesn't even like he's like staring at the, wow. the cute cards to read all the bad names that just gave me such a vision of if they were to ever redo this it has to be with vince vaughn because the way he would have done that off the top of his head so true he would ha- he would he would be perfect that is amazing <laughs> <Yes>. casting <laughs> <laughs> He would be perfect because he rides that line between like wholesome and loving and like fucking crazy and about to lose it at any moment. Yeah. <laughs> I love at the end of that whole thing when when he goes, Holy shit! Where's the Tylenol? <laughs> 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 I also loved when he went completely crazy with the chainsaw. Yes. And ended up cutting the top of the banister off. Yes. Because I have felt that emotion so many times. It's like, you know, that meme about how your jeans only get hooked on the doorknob when you're in a bad mood. Yes. That was that exact mood. Oh my God. It totally was. Or he's care. I love that he's carrying around the chainsaw through the house. Like he was in the bathroom and he's talking to Ellen, and you don't know that he has the chainsaw until he stops washing his hands and picks it up. <laughs> he's just wandering around the house with it after he's gone insane and cut the tree down in the yard. Poor Ellen. Seriously. When she's in the kitchen cleaning all the garbage up off the floor oh, in her beautiful outfit. Disgusting. God. Cousin Eddie, of course, is the worst part. I can't. Oh, my God. All of his lines are so annoying. Disgusting. I know that this is his character, but when Clark finally says, like, I'm going to be nice to him anyway, and tells him that he wants to buy gifts for the kids. Which is so sweet, by the way. He's so not appreciative. Yeah. And then he gives him his list and it includes him and his wife, too. It's, It's truly, like, not it. Now, come on. If you don't tell me what they want, I'll go out and get it on my own. Oh, boy. (laughs) This is a surprise, Clark. (laughs) This is just a real nice surprise. Just a real nice surprise. (laughs) Here's a little list. Alphabetical starting with Catherine. And if it wouldn't be too much, I'd like to get something for you, Clark. Something really nice. Though I will say, Chris Elliott, who plays Roland in Schitt's Creek and in Groundhog Day, he is like a Randy Quaid type. He's a very similar kind of comedian. I prefer him to Randy Quaid, but it's that same same kind of like outlandish, disgusting humor. Yeah. I do love when they're sitting down for dinner and before Clark is about to carve the turkey, he has this, I don't know if you caught it, but he has this look on his face. You can see him taking a second and realizing that the Christmas family dinner that he was hoping he would have is actually like coming true. He does a full double take and it's the sweetest thing before he clinks his glass to ask them to say grace. It's so adorable. And then of course, Bethany says the Pledge of Allegiance and it's... (laughs) Ridiculous. <laughs> I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands. One nation indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. 
And then he's complimenting his sister-in-law on the yeah. turkey. And it actually feels like it's going to be one of the moments that you were talking about. Like, yeah, the the heartwarming part. Yeah. And it's, and it's a disaster. even more of a horrible disaster. I do actually think it's funny when the camera's panning around the table and they're all trying to crunch on the turkey. The sound design of that dinner yeah. was actually very funny. The hearing all the clinking and like everybody's trying so hard to cut everything on the china and everybody's chewing. It's And then, of course, Cousin Eddie is like, can I have some more? But even that they ruin with the dog choking on yeah. the bone. Like I, that's so why so dangerous and so upsetting that he doesn't give a shit at all about the dog that it ruins it. One funny Eddie thing though is when they're at that dinner and Clark is getting the kids all excited and says that he heard that Santa was spotted. <laughs> hey kids. I heard on the news that an airline pilot spotted Santa's sled on its way in from New York. and eddie's like you serious clark the look that clark gives him is like what are you kidding me that's you're not serious right it it was really funny i remember having christmases at grandma's house when i was little before you were born Uh uh-huh and all the like my dad and your dad and uncle mike would always be like i think do you hear that i think that's santa wait what is that in the sky did you just see him go by like they were so cute i love when he's losing it after everything goes to hell with the check and all that stuff and he's screaming because they're about to leave and he's like nobody's leaving Nobody's walking out on this fun, old-fashioned family Christmas. No, no, we're all in this together. I do feel upset for him when everyone says, like, I think it's better if we leave. Oh, yeah. Like, he wants an opportunity to salvage something from it. Yeah. It would be so heartbreaking if everybody left at that point. It is funny when he screams that they're at the threshold of hell, though. (laughs) (laughs) I'm putting that on our Instagram. (laughs) How could they get any worse? Take a look around you, Ellen. We're at the threshold of hell. It's literally the representation of the entire year. Yeah, the threshold of hell and holy shit, where's the time of all? Those go right together. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, there's also one that Ellen says that goes with that, too. Well, I I don't know what to say, except it's Christmas and we're all in misery. (laughs) And then I have one from the Santa Claus that says, I think if we're going to destroy our son's illusions, I should be a part of it. Those are all so good. (laughs) So I read that the stupid squirrel scene, apparently the squirrel they were going to use, they had been training for months, died before they were about to shoot the scene. That's so sad. Very sad. And then they use an untrained squirrel that so apparent <laughs> so apparently it was total chaos, but it fit because the scene was chaos. I thought the cat was really good too. Cat was very good. I was like, you chew on those lights. <laughs> Another interesting thing. So usually a bunch of Christmas movies come out through the Christmas season, but in 1989, it was only this and one other one. Do you want to know what it is? Wait. We talked about it the other day. I think I know what it is. Well, I have two choices. Okay. But one I'm pretty sure came out in 88, which is Scrooged. Okay, it's not Scrooged. And the other one, I the only other guess I have is Mixed Nuts. It's not Mixed Nuts. What was it? It was Prancer. <laughs> oh, I am so disappointed in myself. <laughs> 
it's playing on HBO, by the way. You know I'm watching that. Funny, when I went to watch this, I saw that HBO has scored nearly every single good Christmas movie. It has Elf and a ton of other good ones. And I saw Prancer on there. <laughs> I was like, oh, Catherine. <laughs> <laughs> I will say it's very relatable in the beginning when they're getting the Christmas tree and they bu- and it's way too huge. I know it stretches the credibility because there's no way he could look at that and thinks it, it's going to fit in his living room. But it is really hard to know how big it truly is when you're looking at it in a field like that. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) that's true. You're right. You always have to err on the side of caution that it's going to be larger than you think. The fact that they supposedly ripped it out by the roots is so insane. You couldn't even do that with the biggest tow truck, I don't know. It makes me think of that scene in Modern Family when Jay and Manny are trying to cut down the tree and the... Yes! All the saws keep breaking and then he tries to pull it with the car and it Yanks all the branches off. (laughs) One thing I am glad about is because he went through so much turmoil the whole time that when he finally confronts his boss about the bonus thing, it's not a big obstacle. His boss is just like, you know what? Actually, you're right. 17 years with the company. I've gotten a Christmas bonus every year but this one. If you don't want to give bonuses, fine. But when people count on them as part of their salary... Oh, what you did is just plain... Sucks. I'll be more than happy to take the rap on this. On behalf of myself and on behalf of every other employee you rear-ended this Christmas. Look, uh... Sometimes things look good on paper, but... uh, Lose their luster when you see how it affects real folks. I guess a healthy bottom line doesn't mean much if... To get it, you have to hurt the ones you depend on. It's, It's people that make the difference. Little people like you. So... Carl, whatever you got last year, add 20%. (gasps) That is true. Finally. They they do choose to end it as hellacious as it's been to get to that point. They do choose to end it in a way that's nice and makes it, you know, much more Christmassy because, you know, the boss, his heart was warmed. I love that when his wife comes in and they are talking about it, even his wife is like, Remember how I was toying with the notion of uh, suspending the Christmas bonuses? You didn't. Well, Well, of all the cheap, lousy ways to save a buck. That's pretty low, mister. If I had a rubber hose, I would beat you. I changed my mind. I'm reinstating all the bonuses. Don't you think they should have ended it with a short scene of them around and in the pool at next Christmas? Like they're all freezing. The one whoever's not in the pool is like shaking, freezing, wearing coats and hats and stuff. That would have been so funny. And Clark is like, we're going to get. You know, every moment out of this pool. (laughs) That would have been perfect. All right. If you enjoyed this episode, share it with someone you think might like it too. And give us a five-star review on iTunes and on Spotify. Till next time. Bye. Bye.